Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. It's tipped in the air and knocked away. KU's going to win it. KU's going to win. Oklahoma goes down. And for the first time in nearly 30 years, Kansas with a regular season top 10 victory. And they beat the Sooners 38-33. Back it up, throwing out the flat. Here's Benson has room and blockers. 30, 35, cuts it back, breaks the tackle. 40, Benson in the mid. Foot race, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Florida State. Touchdown, FSU. Hand off to Smith. Buster right through a hole. 40, 45, 50. He's in the clear. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Dying for the end zone. Is he in? Yes, he is. Touchdown, Dante Smith. 70 yards. Shotgun snap, drop back, back foot. Intercepted, this will be a pick six. Jaden Mickey, near sideline, 20, 10, touchdown, Fighting Irish. Gets the snap, hands it off, Henderson running left side to the 30 of the Badgers. To the 25, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, and into the end zone, Travion Henderson. A 33-yard touchdown run for Travion Henderson. Get back to the line of scrimmage. Free hill. Dominant performance by the defense, um, but the offense obviously made the plays we needed to make um, to have a chance to win the game. Unfortunate at the, at the end of the game, a couple things that happened, but to answer it with a touchdown score there um, was awesome. It was awesome, and it's an awesome morning here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers with me as well. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good weekend? We are on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities as well. Twitter, YouTube, all the places. Just find us, hang out with us today. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, you know, it was out uh, out here on Saturday watching the game, doing post-game with... Uh, Jared from the uh, No Block No Rock crew. That Who was fun. Is a hilarious personality. Oh yeah. We, well, so we watched the game together back in the boss's booth, and then mm, did the post game. Upgraded. Well, you know, yeah. It's like VIP. Over it, there. it is. You know, we're trying to we're, trying were to do just things. bringing you guys drinks. And <laughs> a lot of diet. bottle service, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot you of guys diet. In coke. The boss's booth. <laughs> a lot of diet coke over there. Um, no, we had a good time uh, hanging out, and uh, yeah, you know. Watching, watching Nebraska get a win, a third win. Yeah, in who a, cares how it looks? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to get to that because I am I'm about fed up with people complaining already. Amen. Like, listen, I know it's not pretty, and we'll get to the reasons it's not pretty, and that's fine. We don't even have to discuss them. We won. But Nebraska won. Not just did they win, okay? It is the... First three-game winning streak since 2016. That is seven freaking years ago. That's a long time. Nebraska is one win away from bowl eligibility. They went undefeated in October for the first time since 2001. 
22 years since they've swept October. Hey, okay, what Matt Rule says doesn't matter. One and zero next week. One and zero next. Like this is, this is a reason to be happy. It feels like every Nebraska fan has just gotten out of, and I said this on the post game spread, has just gotten out of like a toxic relationship. And like, for example, not to throw my wife under the bus here, the guy <laughs> she dated before me, like she, she had this thing where he didn't like take her out or pay for her on her birthday or whatever. Like she just wanted to go out to a dinner and like he's like, yeah, we can go, but we got to like go splitsies here. Which, like, most days she's fine, but it's like, hey, it's my birthday, like, can we, whatever. But he had gone to Kansas City with a friend, like, the week before, and so he didn't have any money left. Mm. And so uh, when we first started going out, she was, like, astounded by the fact that not only did I pay for a lot of things, but in terms of, like, when we'd go out to eat or whatever, but when it came for her birthday to be around... Like I, you split I, the bill too. Yeah, I was like Dutch all the way. No, I like you know I like tried to make a plan and like we went out to eat and stuff and obviously I paid for it and she was just like shell shocked by this like very small gesture in my opinion. Right? She's like, oh, this is how guys operate. Like this is outside out, of my like one the man the the bar was on the man. floor to 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 clear right, and I feel like Nebraska fans are are dealing with some of the same, like, relationship PTSD here, where they just got out of a bad relationship with their former coach, and but it, it's a little bit worse than the, the situation I described with my wife and her ex, right? Because Nebraska hasn't gotten to the point yet where they're like, oh, this is nice. They just are still waiting for the bad thing to happen. Right. We need to get to the point where they're like, oh, he's going to pay for my birthday dinner. That's nice. We're not quite there. It seems like a lot of Nebraska fans. I'm there with with this staff. I'm like, listen, it's going to be ugly. Birthday dinner might be at, at, you know, Chipotle rather than like a fancy restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have the budget right now, but we're going to he's paying. I know that for sure. That's where I feel like Nebraska football is at. And Nebraska football fans haven't quite got to the point where. They're they're being expected to split you know go splitsies with them at Taco Bell. Right, you know right. that could be. I'm thinking more on the point when you said they're waiting for the bad thing to happen. I don't know if that's that's really it because with the way this team is winning right now and ending with W's, I think the worry of waiting for the bad thing to happen is is fading. And people aren't like sitting back and thinking, Oh, we're going to lose. It's more the oh my gosh. Why do we look so bad in portions of this game? So now it like the the point of view for this season is different from seasons before because the team's actually winning. Mm -hmm. So you have a team where it's like, mm, like this could be so much better. Like you're almost trying to like teach from the couch. Like this could look so much better. That play call could be could be better on offense. This could be uh, this could be done in a more efficient way. But those are the things people are bringing up now over the I, I'm sweating out th this game. I'm sweating out th this this win. So I agree with you there. But I think and this is I'm trying to go a little you know armchair psychologist here on on people's fandom, which is always a little dangerous, but. I think the reason they're doing that is because it, what we're seeing on the field previously translated to losses. And so I think they're looking at that and they can't... Offensively. Yes, for sure. 
But even like 2021, that defense was pretty good in 2021. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as good as this year's team, I don't think. But that defense was pretty good in 2021. The offense was actually pretty good in 2021. They just found a way to lose games constantly, mm-hmm. right? But then you have to look about their opponents too, and their opponents' sure. teams were better than what they look like. But I, I think they're. I think fans see the mistakes. I think they see the the turnovers, the untimely errors, things like that, and they go, they're waiting. It's too similar to what the losses looked like under the previous regime that they can't really enjoy it when it happens in a win. And I think there's a little bit of. Uh, they're a little gun shy because they're like, hey, I know, I know if you keep playing football like this, you're not going to keep winning. And that's probably fair to be true. Like, you can't continue to play football like this and expect to win on a year-in, year-out basis. But I'm not expecting it to look like this next year. I don't think anybody is. I, don't, I know Matt Rule's not, right? I'm sitting here thinking, okay, because there's another way to look at that. You can sit here and say, hey, if you keep playing like this, you're going to lose. And that's probably true. But you can also sit here and say, okay, they're playing like this and they're finding ways to win. How much better is it going to be when they clean these things up? Because that's where I'm at. I believe that's the definition of progress. Absolutely. Obviously, I want to win. Like, that's where I'm at is, okay, they're not even playing good football yet and they're still finding ways Mm -hmm. to win? You know how exciting that is to me? Like, this team has played, like, 2021 is a great example. And because it's really recent and most people remember it. And it is the exact opposite of what's happening now. For like 90% of those games, Nebraska looked like they were playing really good football. And they still ended up losing. Nebraska's having more mistakes now than they had in a lot of the Scott Frost losses. Like, they just are. And the crazy thing is, they're still coming out with wins. And a lot of that more is that defense. Because your defense, the defense puts is you incredible. in position yeah. to win these games. And bails you out of positions well, where you're and, trying and, to lose and, the and, game. And that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning with this. You open up the game and you, you give Purdue the football yeah. on your own 30. Mm-hmm. You, you fumble away a kick return. And boom, Purdue's in scoring position. Yep. Yet what happens next? They don't even get a field goal they opportunity. Nothing. They get nothing. Because your defense puts so much pressure on Hudson Card mm-hmm. and the Purdue Boilermakers that he's, they set Purdue's offense back so far that what do they have to do next? They have to punt. They, they have to get, they have to get uh, the football back. I think, they, I think they turned it over on downs on that first one. Was it? I think they, I think they went for it on fourth. But, yeah, regardless, because they pushed them so far out that they didn't want to attempt a field goal. That's exactly because of the wind. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. And then they went for it on fourth down, and they didn't get it. It was like it was fourth and short. It was fourth mm-hmm. and one or two, and boom, the defense comes through again. But, but that's, those are moments that have been happening all season long. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm, I'm still going to go back to my previous point of I don't think fans sit at home and think, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose because of all these turnovers, because this is what I've seen in the past. I think it's just more of why can't we be better? Because oh my gosh, yes. Because it's so good defensively, why can't this offense be better? And that's even a question that, that well, not really a question, a statement Nathan brings up on YouTube. Nathan says, I just have a hard time um, why the defense plays lights out, mm-hmm. but the offense plays so sloppy. But guys, remember, this isn't the offense. Yeah, none of these guys are supposed to be playing. That came into the season. (laughs) None of these guys are supposed to be playing. This offense is so broken and chewed up and spit out that now you have to, you know, replace with a lot of the young guys that you you weren't expecting to even see this year. No. Like maybe Malachi Goldman, right? Maybe Malachi foregoes his red shirt. Yeah. And you see him 
for a majority of the year. But you don't expect that out of Jaden Doss. You don't expect that out of Jalen Lloyd. You don't expect that out of Emmett Johnson, mm-hmm. right? These are guys that you weren't even expecting to see, yet who's the number one wide receiver? Either Malachi or Jalen right now. Yeah. Who's your number one running back? Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson. That's just what this offense is today. Mm-hmm. And, and so even though it doesn't look pretty, even though it doesn't look nice, it doesn't look appealing mm-hmm. at all. No. I'm with you. No. What this defense does for you is allow you to win games by scoring 17 points on offense. Yeah. Now, in this case, 31 points, but yeah. your defense gave you a touchdown. Yeah, so it was 24 offensive points. Yeah. Your, your defense allows you to win Big Ten football games. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say this defense allows you to win an SEC football game or a Pac-12 football game, but this offense allow, or this defense allows you to win games within your division. Well, and I know that people get kind of, and I've heard whether it's on, you know, other programs, you know, like podcasts or on Twitter or just talking to people, like I know there's a a little bit of a hesitation because they're going, you know, kind of like you're saying, like, ah, you know, I don't know how translatable this is to other, it's like, hey, beat the teams on your schedule first and foremost. Second, it seems like we are forgetting, we are both traumatized by and forgetting the very recent history of Nebraska losing these exact games to these exact teams. It's not like Northwestern and Illinois and Purdue outside of last year have been world beaters, right? Mm-hmm. Minnesota is the same team Minnesota's been. Northwestern's better than they have been the last three years. And yeah, Northwestern get another one. That, that's what I mean. Like, Northwestern's dramatically better than they were the last three years. Northwestern under. may be in a bowl game. I think they will be. I mean, they're 4-4. Four and four. This is not crazy, right? So I understand that none of these teams are playing for a national title. I understand none of these teams have a prayer of beating whoever the East sends over in in the Big Ten championship game. But these are the exact same teams Nebraska was losing to the last five to six years. This is not – like, this is progress. I don't care what the schedule says. I don't care what it looks like. This is progress because these teams, these exact teams, have been beating Nebraska – for the last six years, mm-hmm. this is these are the teams you have to beat. You have to beat these teams before you can hope to beat the Michigans, Ohio State, Penn States, or the non-conference teams or the Pac-12 teams that are going to come over. Unless you can start by beating the Big Ten West teams, like what are you even talking about those teams for? And yeah, this style of football, this level of football, probably doesn't beat some of those teams. But guess what? You weren't beating these teams last year, so. This is a good step in the right direction. You know, and I think it's okay to be critical, too, because even Rule said after the game, you know, some people will question who we play, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about how, yes, you'll beat teams in the Big Ten West, but will you beat teams outside of the Big Ten West? Mm-hmm. Well, outside of non-con opponents. But I don't think that's really what people are questioning right now. Uh, what I think it boils down to is people are only questioning – play calling not who you play but the play calling and there was one moment in this game that I just could not believe could not believe they went back to back with Harburg Mm -hmm. so I I I think it was in the fourth quarter maybe it was early in the fourth quarter Harburg um gets rocked yeah absolutely clobbered yes in the back, like seven yards deep yeah looking to throw he was he was on a screen he kind of scrambled to the outside on a throw and was keep trying to keep his eyes downfield. There was a, a, 
a Purdue player coming from the flat that he just never saw. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was staring right at him, but I'm pretty sure his eyes were, were trying to find a receiver. Never saw him. Gets him under the chin strap, like smokes Harburg. Like he got hit by a bus. Yeah, he got, he got crushed. So, what do you run next? What I would think you'd do. Hand the ball off. Is, is you just run a simple halfback draw play. Yeah, just hand if, the ball if, off. If that's really like the direction you wanted to go, that, that's what you run. No, let's, let's run the option. Well, what does Harburg do when he runs the option? Gets smoked again and He fumbles. doesn't toss the football. Yeah. How, what, maybe 10% of the time dude tosses the football? That seems high, but and, yeah. And, and every other time it looks like he's a cruise ship trying to make a turn on open water. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or, or maybe mix that up with the guy playing Pokemon Go. Keeping his head stuck in one direction and not seeing what else is, is happening around him. Yeah. Shane, will you play the clip that you gathered coming in today, rule number five for me, please? I mean, he, it's an option pass. He has some pressure. He throws the ball away. He snaps the next snap. Like, that's, it's not that hard. Like, he can do it. You know, he, 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 he shouldn't stand there and take that hit. Their kid didn't. Their kid ran out and threw the ball out of bounds. So, um you know, we're working through with Heinrich all the time to get, you know, get to where we want to get him to get. He he has to he has to execute those plays and get the ball out of bounds, right? I'm sitting there going, throw it out of bounds. Like, why take a sack for seven yards? And I'm not criticizing him. I'm just, you know, I just I just can't live in a world where everything is like, well, what if we, what if this happens? What if that happens? Like, we gotta go play, right? Like, good teams play and bad things happen, and like, we, like we gotta go play. So if I don't want the players to live in that whole what if world and being what is, then we have to be that. Now that being said, like we have to run the option. Like, I think I didn't come here to have people say, well, you know, why are you running the option so much? We're gonna run the we ran the option on the last drive. Like that's what we're gonna do. Like. You know, Eric Krauss told me, he said, uh, hey, we had 49, he said, hey, Matt, I know you'll hear about, we had 49 fumbles in 19, 1999, so just keep coaching and playing. So, I mean, just everything can't be negative, right? Like, I can't, I, I'm saying nothing from you, I'm saying for me, I got to go out there and be like, hey, guys, but it, there's part of it is growing as a quarterback. Throw the ball out of the way. <laughs> like, there's no reason to come off the field with your nose bloody. Like, you're running the option, you go to pitch it, not pitch it, you don't stop and just take a huge hit. Like, you get up, you know, so we're just coaching him all the way through it. You know, he looked kind of bloody, so I put Jeff in. So the fact is, he didn't throw it away. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you have to realize in this moment as a coach. Like, yes, Coach Rule is saying, like, he should have thrown the ball away, and that shouldn't change how you operate on offense going forward. But the fact is, he didn't throw the ball away. Mm-hmm. He got rocked. So as a coach, you have to adjust to that. Yeah. You have to acknowledge the fact that he didn't do what was expected of him in that moment. So you can't put him in another position to be in a scenario where he gets hit hard. Like, you just have to move on from that. I, I, I understand what Coach is saying. Mm-hmm. Like, the game just can't stop because of one big hit, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and he should have made the play to avoid what happened next. But as a coach, you also have to adjust to the player not making the play. And that's not what happened in that moment. What happened was, yes, the thought process is, no, we're not going to change routine. We're going to keep running the option because that's what we do well as an offense, Mm -hmm. and that's how we get first downs. But in order to protect your guy in that moment, adjust for one play. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree with that. That was honestly the only only time I had a big – um, a, a big problem with the play calling was like, hey, he got rocked pretty good there. If you still want to run an option, go ahead and put Sims but out But the there. reason you say that, too, is yeah. Nebraska was winning. Yeah, they right? were. If Nebraska was losing yeah. in that moment, there would probably be some other things that you could go back on and nitpick. Probably, but I also I look at, you know, kind of the final stats and the, the – like the passing attempts are right in the range of where I wanted them to be. I, I've, I've been clamoring for like 12 to 15 pass attempts tops 
with Harbor because I just don't I don't think he's a guy you want to air it out with. And you know the way the game got started, where Nebraska got off to a early lead. I mean, it's fourteen zero in the second quarter, but uh, after kind of recovering from some of their mistakes, you can afford to not throw the ball quite as much because you're not trying to chase anything, right? But um, I, I was pretty happy with the split. I mean, you're talking 48 rushes to 11 passes. Like, that's kind of in the neighborhood I wanted them to be at. They kept this thing in that 60-play range, which is, is good for them the way they're trying to run things. Um, so I didn't have a ton of issues, but I agree with you there. After a guy gets rocked like that, like, maybe don't put him in another position to, to get rocked again. And I know you never anticipate a play call where it's like, oh, man, he's going to get hit again. But it's an option. Like, the quarterback's going to get hit a decent amount of the time there. If you want to run an option there, just put Jeff Sims in for the play, you know, and just be like, hey, he got rocked. Well, we, well, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, but in all honesty, right? Like, I understand it didn't yes, go well with Jeff yes. Sims. Yes, in, in result to a, a normal scenario, when your yeah. guy is a little shaken up, you put the backup in for just a Just for a play, plays. just make sure he's yeah. okay, right? Which is what they ended up doing anyway, but after the play where he ends up fumbling on the option, right? So I just didn't understand, like, hey, if you want to keep Harburg in the game, Call a pretty simple handoff, not a big deal. If you want to run an option, put Sims in the game to make sure Harburg is okay. Because I don't think anybody would have had any issues if you pull Harburg after that play just to make sure he's feeling okay after everything. That would have been a very normal thing to do. It's not like you're benching him for taking that hit. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're just checking on him, right? I would have been totally okay with that. That would have made more sense to me. You have, If you want to run the option, put Sims in. If you want to keep Harburg in, run a handoff. Like, this is... That, but really, honestly, we're talking about a one-play sequence. It's only one play, right? Because I don't care about the call that got him hit, right? Because that's a fine play call. You see that, whatever. It's just that second play where you go, uh. And you're right. Harburg shouldn't take that hit. No, he, he shouldn't. he had so much open space. He did. All he had to do, he was outside of the tackle box. Just All chuck he had it. to do was just huck it. Just chuck it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, outside of that, and, and again, I know we've said this every week, but it, it bears repeating. This is not – I find it almost impossible, outside of a play like that where it's kind of a common sense deal, I find it almost impossible to find a real way of evaluating this offense, especially – I mean, and it gets worse every week, right? Like, we're like, ah, oh, they don't really have the receivers they want. Like, I don't really know what to do there. And it's like, oh, they don't really have the running backs they want. I don't really know what to do there. And it's like, well, it's the not the guy they thought was going to play quarterback. I don't really know what to do there. And now it's like, well, they're missing three offensive linemen. I don't really know what to do there. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And you look at it, and, and I really don't know how to evaluate this offense because I fully believe this is not anywhere in the neighborhood of what they want to do offensively. It is just literally, hey, who do we have healthy right now? Okay, let's run the plays those guys know or they feel comfortable with. It, it, this is, there's not, a, I feel like the game plan has a lot less to do with, hey, how do we beat Purdue? And it's, hey, how do we put 11 people on the field on offense? Like, that's where we're at with this offense right now. And they still manage to score 24 offensive points. I'm not saying that's a great number, but it's a conference game. You've got nine guys in there who are underclassmen and at least nine. Yeah, I think nine guys in there that were not starters to start the season. And you still come out with a relatively solid performance on offense. Like This team put up 31 points throughout. That's what I mean. That's about the over-under for the Iowa game this week. It's a little high. That, that would hit the over. Uh, we will get to that and more. We'll also set up the show. Uh, more Husker football to come as well. 
uh, on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. This is Herd at Sports.